Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. At that point, we stopped spending money on ads and it was purely just viral. It was people referring five of their friends, 10 of their friends saying, I need this right now. We had press being written up about it. And each time we check, it goes from 30,000 to 35 to 40,000 without us spending a single extra cent. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. We're here in Santa Monica, a thriving tech city. We are the third largest tech city in the world. What? And how do we get there? We get there by growing. And so today we have an awesome agency based in Venice, California, Avi, called Banff. Now it's not badass. What is it? It's badass marketers and founders. Is that what you guys thought right now? I bet you guys thought, no, he got you. And so you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. My name is Melanie Balky. I am a growth strategist at Banff Media. What we do is a lot of fun stuff. We basically help all kinds of companies across the U.S., actually across the world, um, grow with growth hacks, what we call growth hacks. I'm Brian Alston. I'm the head of e-commerce and the lead growth strategist at Banff. As Melanie said, we're um, the top growth hacking agency here in LA and hopefully the world. Um, we really combine a mix of traditional digital marketing with more cutting edge, you know, PR stunts and ways to get our clients in front of the right people um, and use a lot of data to inform what steps we should take to grow their business. And we're going to have a super fun episode, you guys, because what we're going to do, what they've been so rad to agree to do with us, we are like techers, is talk about marketing strategies, growth hacks, all that good stuff, as well as getting to know a little bit more about Banff Media and how they're serving their customers and their clients. So we're going to have this amazing, actionable, rich rad conversation that you'll be able to like leave this podcast, take action in your company and fucking go crazy wild and grow. So it's going to be awesome. And um, first up, I would like, let's like set the pace. I actually, I want to talk about, but right before we get started about anything, I want to talk about this term growth hacking because the lovely Kate Shaw and I, who is also uh, like, a, I, I forget what she calls herself, but she, we, we were both against the term growth hacking, right? So I'd like, uh, we were, you know, marketing, like, uh, d- like acquiring a, a customer audience, blah, blah, blah. But we were like, growth hacking sounds like you could find a magic spell. And you could, if you find the person that has a magic spell, you could just like purchase the magic spell and then instantaneously you'll be able to raise multi-million dollars and be super successful and you're the next Groupon or something. So how do you define growth hacking? Let's start there before anything else. I actually think that's really funny because I used to hate the term growth hacking because it became really popular. Brian's nodding. Yeah. Everyone, like every basic human in the world was like a growth hacker suddenly. But I do think it's kind of like a magic potion because what I find with growth hacking is it's 
it's based on data and it's based on testing, yeah. right? So we come up with all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, uh, sorry, all kinds of crazy ideas. Oh no, it's a podcast. <laughs> I've already cursed like five times. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> all kinds of crazy ideas and we basically just test them. But we don't just test them by like throwing shit against the wall and like seeing what sticks. We actually measure that. And growth hacking really is a series of 99% failures and that one thing that you find that works and that's going to give you a bit of growth. Now, that's not necessarily like people think what made Dropbox really big was their their like free storage they gave you. Right. If you referred people. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just one growth hack that really worked. So it's more so like like, you know, all growth hacks together that you get. And when you have all these growth hacks, it kind of is like magic potion because it really does. It does feel like that. It feels like something suddenly, you know, clicks. Okay, here's what I'm hearing. Tell me if if you think differently. I'm hearing to you, growth hack means, and I want to hear from you, Brian, growth hack means a ton of experiments, figuring out what experiments are effective for your company, doing those experiments times infinity, and then you found the secret sauce to your specific company. Yep. And then that's the magic. That's where the magic is. I mean, I'm down with that because there's no secret. It's just a ton of experiments. Brian, what's your take? I completely agree. And I also thought that growth hacking was total bullshit up until I joined BAM. Um, I come from a very traditional digital background. And what I've learned is that the, the, the traditional still works and you still need that in order to make growth hacking successful. So say, for example, you have some crazy PR stunt that drives, you know, half a million visits to your website. If your website isn't well optimized, you aren't going to be able to actually convert those people into customers. Yeah. If you don't have the right email set up to like nurture them, you aren't going to be able to convert them there. Right. If you don't have all the tracking set up properly, you aren't going to be able to use that data effectively. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people assume growth hacking is a, a replacement for traditional marketing. Yeah. But what it is, is unconventional ways of getting traffic that ideally don't cost a lot of money because you want to do a lot of these tests. Right. And then you use traditional like marketing um, tactics and principles right. to actually convert that traffic into customers. Now, now I, in We Are Late Tech, do an insane amount of personal email communication. Is that not a growth hack because I'm manually doing it then? That actually is a, a like a growth hack. Um, a lot of companies have strayed away from personalized outreach because they feel that, oh, I should just do Facebook ads that are super targeted toward this niche, or I should just do ads on paid search. But the problem with that is a lot of people just tune those things out. And what we found in one of our best channels at Banff is what we call PR hacking, yeah. which is all about reaching out to people like yourself, like people who are top journalists um, with very personalized emails at right. scale. So it's actually someone reading through their most viral post from Twitter from yeah. two months ago and saying, hey, so and so I loved what you said about X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, and that email is going to get read. Yeah. People aren't going to just see this as a canned PR outreach. Yeah. This is something that is specific to them. Yeah. And if we pitch them specific ideas that are relevant to our clients, we found that the success rate of getting them placed for free is almost 100 percent. Yeah, I'm I'm so about personalization. Like, I love hearing that. So let's talk about the journey of Banff, because what's so crazy is that uh, so I discovered Banff in some sort of weird Internet way. 
Um, maybe it was through a friend. I don't even know, but it was a Facebook group. And that's what I saw it as like this cool Facebook group that was consistently sincere. I kind of found it. Um, I kind of found it. Um, I don't think the word, the right word is strange, but like it caught, it caught my attention because over the years it was just consistently sincere. Like, that's weird. It's like not a spammy, weird marketing group. It's like these people. And then I always get all the Banff people adding me on LinkedIn and like trying. I'm like, God, Banff is just like everywhere, you know? And so Melanie reaches out and I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to share insights that the Facebook community has like learned from one another about, you know, marketing and, and how to grow your company. Would you be down to have that convo? She's like, yeah. She's like, P.S. We're in Venice. I'm like, oh, cool. And she's like. You know, and then her and Brian were like, P.S., like, we're no longer four people in like a co-working space running a Facebook group. We're 30 people in a Venice office, like with uh, on four floors. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) when, when did that happen? And like, what's that about? So, I mean, you're talking about like a, a serious agency. You're doing client work and you're really delivering results or else there's no way you could afford 30 fucking human beings in a four level building in the gorgeous Venice Beach. Uh, so I think it's a huge treat that everybody gets to listen to your insights right now. And and uh, let's start it off with how can they join the BAMP Facebook group? Can anybody get in? I don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's like a few questions you have to answer. So that way we don't just have like a million people join. Yeah. And in order to stay in the group, you have to contribute. So we really like people who can provide content, provide growth hacks, provide success stories they've had right. for either their company or their clients in order to stay in the group. And right now we're at 20,000 um, just like founders, um, tech executives and CMOs who all contribute or at least engage with our post on a daily basis. It's so cool. And it's B-A-M-F and Facebook. So if you just search B-A-M-F in Facebook, you'll find it. Yeah. And I'm in there. Um. So, okay. So let's get into the good juicy stuff. Unless you want, you have, maybe do you have a case study from the agency that we could kind of kick it off with and just go into some actionable tips that everybody can implement in their own companies? Yeah. Sure. Let's start with the case case study. How about Unicorn Snot? Oh yeah, I like Unicorn Snot. I love unicorns. So That's you, a cool name too. <laughs> so Unicorn Snot is a, a real brand. Unicorn Snot. Yeah, Snot. It's amazing. Um, it's basically like glitter gel makeup for like, like people who go to Coachella or like yeah. teen girls and stuff. It's a great name. They're doing extremely well. And like they have an amazing brand. They're based out of Brooklyn and they're trying to launch a glitter sunscreen like just You're in right? time for the summer. Oh my um, God, that is genius. I would wear that. <laughs> well, we should add you to our email list. Oh which my is, God, I want glitter sunscreen. You can get one for free. Yes. Dude. Dude, I would totally wear sunscreen if it was glitter. Exactly. (laughs) We can tell you how to get one for free, too. Exactly. Well, we will walk you through how we got 40,000 emails and counting for hardly any money, about four cents per email. That's amazing. So basically, um, the advantage of being in the Banff community is it's a real community. You really get to meet all of these founders for all these platforms. In the Facebook group. In the Facebook group. Yeah. And like one of the people who's a member of the group um, runs this company called Viral Loops, which are basically landing pages where you refer friends for various things. So we really wanted to get a a huge email list before we launch this sunscreen product just to see how many like bottles should our client get. Right. You know, how much revenue can we expect once we actually launch in a few months? Smart. Before they even order the merchandise, know what the market interest is. Exactly. Hell yeah. You save a lot of money that way. Exactly. So 
by spending about $2,000 on some Facebook ads that were optimized for video views and post engagements. So getting as many comments, likes, and shares as possible, not only does that increase your relevance score, but it also brings down your CPMs, which means that you're going to pay less per impression. And what we found was just insane. Like within a few days, we went from getting, you know, a few hundred people putting in their email address to a few thousand. And then at its peak, I want to say it was like 12,000 in one day. Crazy. And at that point, we stopped spending money on ads and it was purely just viral. It was people referring five of their friends, 10 of their friends. I love it. Saying, I need this right now. We had press being written up about it. Yeah. um, In like all sorts of top magazines and publications like Pop Sugar. And each time we check, it goes from 30,000 to 35 to 40,000 without us spending a single extra cent. And I think that the key takeaway there is when you have a really good product, a compelling offer, which is, hey, the more friends you refer, you get this free glitter sunscreen, which is so exciting to so many people. So dope. Um, It's just in time for the summer. It was launched just before Coachella. So it was like the perfect time. Um, You will get people referring 5, 10, 15 friends even just so they can get the free product. Yeah. But then, but then, I mean, I guess that's a whole other, uh, a, a whole other podcast is if all these people are getting free product, how is the company making money? But I guess that's a conversation for another time. Or can you address that quickly? Sure. So not everyone is getting free product. Uh, you have to refer, I want to say 50 to a hundred friends in order to like, get the free product. Okay. And not that many people have that many friends. Right. So um, if you how refer, sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I wish I had 200 friends. Um, but if you refer 10 people, you might get a discount code for like 15% off uh, so of what it eventually like launches. So money exchange. Exactly. And um, without, uh, of course, without breaking any of your confidentiality, um, what kind of, like, what's your entry level to work with Banff? Like, how much does you, how much does Banff running a campaign like that for a company like mine cost? It really depends. Um, like, for example, if they're a brand new company that's yeah. starting from scratch, yeah. we might have months of work that has to go into building out the strategy, building out all their emails, right. building out all of their, um, like their websites, yeah, which yeah, could yeah. cost tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. For a brand like this, who's already established, yeah. you know, it might cost anywhere from five to 10K yeah. in management fees, plus whatever we want to spend on advertising. Right. Um, for this client, we didn't have to spend as much on advertising as we expected because it got a lot of virality organically. Yeah. But for a, like another product that might be more expensive or harder to sell. Yeah. You might have to spend more to get that viral. Yeah, yeah, quality. yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get, that's so cool. Unicorn's not. So let's get into, so cool. Uh, let's get into stuff that everybody listening right now can try out and experiment in their own companies. Uh, who wants to go first? Sure. Um, actually, the next thing is like a growth hack, like people imagine it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And I discovered it in one of Josh's guides. So after I started working for Banff, actually, and when I discovered it, I was like, how did I not know about and this? And Josh is the founder. Josh is the founder of the community and, yeah, a co-founder of the agency. <clears throat> and he's just an all-around brilliant hum- human and puts out a bunch of content. Yeah. So very good stuff. And it's really easy. So if you want, if you have a Facebook post and you're trying to get some social proof on that post, the easiest way to do that is put a $2 budget on that post and boost it to countries like Argentina, Indonesia, um, India, Philippines, Philippines. Those are a few countries where you boost it to. And I just recently did that. And I spent like $2 and got a thousand likes on my post. And the next secret thing is then 
halfway through, you kind of change your targeting to your actual audience. Mm. So suddenly your actual audience is getting served up an ad with thousands and thousands of likes, which obviously is great social proof. And it really gets the ball rolling. And it was such an easy and like inexpensive hack that when I discovered it, I was like, how did I not know about this before? And and one thing I want to say, because everybody knows, like, I'm a super sincere person and I lead with integrity. But it is fact, like, even when I met with, with uh, some of the first employees of Indiegogo, they said it is a must that you have to get your network to contribute $5 before you make this or whatever to make before you make it public whatsoever, because psychologically... People want to see other people have liked it and invested before they make the leap themselves. So you have to get your warm audience or however you do it to set that foundation that you are likable and worth being like worth purchasing, worth pursuing, or else it's just a psychological block. People don't want to be first. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's it's totally true. If you think about it yourself. How much more likely are you really to like a post that already has like 5,000 likes versus a post that has two? Totally. I've noticed myself after I've ran this experience that it's true. I'm like much more likely to like something that I see has like thousands and thousands of likes. So how many of you want to go to the club that has the long line and try to get in versus the club that has crickets? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or like, how many people decide whether a restaurant is good or not based on the how people? How many people are there? Are in the restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Which breaks my heart because sometimes the empty restaurant has such great food, but they're just terrible marketers. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, Brian, tip from you. So there's like one that's relevant to Facebook and then like another one that's outside of that. So another thing that's really cool about Facebook is say that you want to take that ad that went viral, the ad yeah. that has all of those comments, likes, and shares. Yeah. If you start a bunch of new ads, you have to start from scratch. Right. And then you end up with a lot of empty restaurants. But there's actually a way for you to actually link yeah. posts. Yeah. So that way, if you have 10 posts and they're all linked together. Yeah. And if one of them goes viral, all of them will. Yeah. So all of the comments, likes, and shares are going to show up on every single post you do in the future. Really? As long as the URL stays exactly the same. Um, it's actually really cool. And we've seen it work firsthand where we can do a bunch of testing and the risk is so low because it only takes one of those tests to work and then everything else around it will lift. Wait, describe it again. How do you link all the posts? So you start off as a dark post um, and then you just publish it. And then from there, you take that exact same post ID um, for that. And then you use that in all of your new ads. So say that you have four new ad variants. When you're building out the ad, there's a section in Facebook where it says, do you want to use an existing post? Yeah. You take the post ID from that first one. Yeah. On the already went viral. Yeah. Put it in that box and yeah. click enter. And then boom, all of the comments, likes and shares from that first post that did very well that you spent money to get a bunch of Filipino comments or whatever it was. Like yeah. Melanie said, um, all those comments, likes and shares are going to immediately inflate all of these other new ones. Right. And what that's going to do is, you know, you'll just give you a high relevance score of an eight, a nine, or a 10. You're going to be charged less per impression. Yeah. People are going to see that this post has 500 likes and 2,000 comments or whatever it is, and they're going to be far more likely to actually engage with it. So we found that by doing that kind of back-end hack, yeah. it really helps to elevate your overall Facebook performance. Something else yeah. that a lot of people don't know about is Probably the best tool ever invented for digital marketers is Quantcast. It is 
unbelievable. It's basically this free pixel. It's called Quantcast um, that you can just Google. It's a free pixel. Carl will include it in the show notes, you guys. Perfect. You can place this free pixel on your website. And basically what it tells you is all of the demographic data for all of your site visitors and customers, all the way down to what TV shows they watch, what foods they like to eat, um, what kinds of cars they want to buy, political affinity, all sorts of things. You can even see what websites they go to after they leave yours. And what we've done with this data is, in addition to just doing traditional lookalikes on Facebook, this gives you a far more robust profile of who your customer is. And in my experience, I've noticed a lot of brands and my clients are guilty of marketing to who they want their customer to be. Yeah. Who might be completely different than who's actually paying the money right now. Right. And then they're walking away from a lot of money. Yeah. And by using Quantcast, it allows you to quantify who your actual customer is. Yeah. And by knowing the list of websites they go to, you can have a more targeted PR outreach strategy. Yeah. If you know that they're eight times more likely to go to Vogue or 14 times more likely than average to go to GQ.com. Yeah. Um, or you can see that there's a bunch of college websites. So maybe you have college students yeah, yeah, that you yeah. should be targeting. Yeah. And then when we've built out these Quantcast-based audiences on Facebook, where we take all these interests, take all these demographics, launch those, they typically are amongst the most powerful audiences that we are able to run. And it's all data-driven from this free tool that I think every e-commerce site should install. I didn't even know that tool, but I haven't been in the marketing oh. game for a while. Yeah. I've been in the personal email outreach game. <laughs> I mean, hey, it works, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Many, many sleepless hours later, yeah. but it does work. Yeah. Uh, it's how I grew a brand. <laughs> like you hacked your way to success. Like you are a growth hacker. Yeah, I just have to, I have to know if I can get behind that term or not. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually think you're doing something very right because what I notice in the marketing space is I feel like we're going back to basics. Like we're going away from all these things that were like um, computerized when they worked, you know, in the early 2000s and we're trying to get more personal. So that email outreach works, right? That viral referral program, the reason it works is because it's like a digital way of word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So Yelp works because it's kind of like word of mouth. Um, I feel like, yeah, we're kind of like taking a step back while at the same time taking a step forward. So it's all nice and dandy to have lots of likes. Doesn't necessarily mean you even get one sale. How do you transition those social status likes on Facebook to a purchase? So... You can optimize campaigns for different objectives. It can be optimized for getting a bunch of comments, likes, and shares, which is what we always start off with to get all of that social proof. And then you can use that that linking strategy to link all of those comments, likes, and shares to a conversion-optimized ad. So the ad is optimized for getting people to purchase. And if these ads are finding people that are likely to buy based on all the data Facebook knows about us, which is pretty much everything, and those people are seeing an ad that has hundreds or thousands of likes and comments, then we see that the overall return on ad spend for those ads is much stronger than if we just like ran a conversion optimized ad from scratch. Little bit over like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I think, I think like in a more basic form is a lot of people don't define their Facebook strategy, right? Okay. Do you have to use your Facebook to sell or is it just like a content content? 
arm for you to say it that way. So if you do want to sell on Facebook, I think the best way to sell on Facebook is actually retargeting, right? It's so easy to pop up on someone's news feed when they order to your site once. I personally like Facebook way better for retargeting than I do for like reaching new audiences. Now, describe what retargeting is because some people may not know. Sure. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, retargeting. No, I remember when I first heard the term. Is actually, <laughs> do you guys know Clay Collins? I first oh, heard I the term. He's it. like one of my mentors. I first heard the term from Clay Collins. And so now I know. But I remember feeling when I first heard that term, like, that's really complicated. What's that mean? Yeah. And now I, yeah. It's super easy. Basically, yeah. Facebook gives you a code that you put on your website. And whenever someone comes on your website, the pixel basically gets placed in their browser and Facebook knows they were on your website. What then happens is when they go on Facebook, they get served up an ad from you. It could be something like the product they just viewed. It could mm-hmm. be something like, hey, you know, do you need help deciding if you want to purchase from us or not? Here are 15 good reasons in a video. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and that usually obviously has, you know, the, the highest return on ad spend because it's people who are already to your site, already interested in your brand. And okay, and so so Instagram, tip on Instagram. So here's my biggest like honest tip for Instagram is there's a bunch of tricks, but at the end of the day, you just got to use that platform like you would have in the beginning and you just got to engage and put a lot of manpower behind it. There's a lot of tricks like engagement pods and, you know. What's an engagement pod? So basically a bunch of Instagram people get together and say, hey, when you post, I'll like and comment on your post. So when I post, you'll like and comment on mine. Yeah. And all these pods are, you know, in Telegram groups or in Facebook groups. And at whatever, 7 a.m., for example, all of them post and all of them go in and like each other's posts. Get out. How do you sign up for one of these engagement pods? Yeah, it's kind of it's actually tricky and not tricky to find. So there's lists online. Some of them are totally private where you have to be invited to. Some of them like you have to have 10,000 followers minimum. Um, but you can definitely just Google engagement pods, Instagram, and Are something will come up. Are any of them sincere? Sincere in what sense? I mean, like, let's say I had a fashion business and it's a group of fashion people on Instagram where we genuinely do like each other's stuff, like a genuine, yeah. sincere pod rather than yeah. just like hacky. For I'm sure. sure. There's a mix of both. Like, I'm sure that there's a, there's a always people, a dark yeah. world. I mean, yeah. you know, how these started was basically a bunch of Instagram influencer friends were like, hey, how can we make our posts show up in the discovery section? Right. And they're like, hey, I have a thousand followers. You have 5,000. You have 10,000. How about we all like posts? And that really pushes it up in the discovery section. That's how these pods started. But yeah, some of them, I guess, you know, the ones you probably find on Google when you Google Instagram engagement pod, they're probably not the sincere ones. It takes a little bit more legwork to get into the sincere ones. Yeah. But there are some. Um, okay. And then Instagram, how do you move? Because I've been hearing great stuff about Instagram, about uh, purchases. How do you move someone from being uh, viewing Instagram? I mean, I've even, I bought something this week off of an Instagram sponsored ad. But like in general, what are some of the methods to actually have a purchase off of Instagram? So I've seen a lot of success by having um, a shoppable Instagram link in your profile. A lot of people make the mistake of just having a link to their homepage there, which might work. But then if you're just like driving to, to the homepage, they might click on a, like that banner or they might, you know, see something on your Instagram feed, a specific yeah. dress, a specific yeah. pair of shoes that they want. Yeah. And they have to go and hunt around for that. And in general with e-commerce, the more 
decision someone has to make, yeah. the less likely they are to convert. Like basically, if you are a site that's not verified, just make sure that you use um, a shoppable Instagram plugin. Um, What's that mean? So like Curalate, for example. Curalate? Uh, uh, yeah. C-U-R-A-L-A-T-E. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure you've seen this on a lot of websites where if you scroll down to the bottom of their homepage, they basically have their Instagram feed on their homepage. Yeah. Um, so it's like it ports in their Instagram posts. And if you have a link on your Instagram bio to say, hey, click here to shop. Yeah. It takes you right there. Yeah. So if you see a specific dress that someone's wearing in an Instagram post. Yeah. You don't have to hunt around for red dresses. Yeah. You buy that exact one. I think I think a great takeaway, and it's so simple, but yet I think people forget, is one, know what your intent is when you're building something. Yes. And I think even though that's so simple, we 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 just don't we were like excited and we're building and then it's happening. Um, know what the strategy is, test the strategy, see like what's working, what's not working, and what does working mean to you. Yeah. Um, and uh and then make it so this is so often, this is in emails. This is in, like you said, Instagram. Don't make people work for the action. Yes. Like if you want people to buy the shoes, have the shoe fucking link in the bio. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like That's probably the number one e-commerce rule. Yes. Ever. Don't make people fucking Don't work. Don't make people work. <laughs> yeah. 15 CTAs, 15 calls to action. They're going to click one of them, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Just like try to like limit their choices to whatever the single choices that you want as a business. Yeah. If it's to get email addresses, have the only button that they see be like put in my email. Yeah, yeah. If you want them to shop, it should be shop now. Yeah. If you want to sell a lot of jeans, don't show a lot of hats. Yeah. So if you as the business owner kind of know what your priorities are, but also keep your customer in mind. Yeah. And know what your customer is going to want and what's totally. going to um, entice them to purchase. If you can do both of those things. Yeah. It sounds very simple, but every single client we've had that's done well they always have those things. Yeah. And then in terms of um, the fundamental pieces, it's very important to make sure that you're tracking everything properly, making sure that your Google Analytics is set up. It's tracking e-commerce. It's tracking your demographic data. Those are two reports that a lot of people don't turn on. It takes two seconds and it will save you so much time and money as you're trying to scale up. But you make it sound so easy and it's not so easy. It's like some contractor today told me like, oh, yeah, you just put up a wall. I'm like, yeah, easy for you. I can't just put up a wall. Like, I don't know how to put up a wall. So what do you tell people when you say it just takes two seconds to set up Google Analytics? But they're like, uh, what the fuck is a website? You know, like, yeah. uh well, Sorry thanks. for the, all the cursing in this episode, you guys. <laughs> no, but I think like that's a valid point. So my sister is a dentist and always asks me these things. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, you got Google, you know, in all honesty, like you can almost Google anything and everything. And if you get to a point where like I Googled this, I can't figure it out, you know, then there's help out there. You know, that's that's a cool thing about today's world. It's even easier to find help, whether by Googling it or by getting someone in house. And you can also hire people overseas. Yeah. If it's a very simple thing, like setting up your Google Analytics, yeah. you can hire a very skilled developer in the yeah. Ukraine for $15. You make, you make it sound, dude, it is not that easy. I do these things and I do have rad people, but like it, I've been doing it for years and I know how to test contractors and it's not that easy, Brian. <laughs> it's not easy for everyone, but that's why you test. Like that's like why as a business owner, it's important to try out a lot of new things and yeah. always be adaptable. 
until you eventually find the easy solution. Yeah. Or the easy solution for your business might be very different than like for Melanie's or for mine. Or you just hire BAMF Media and we take care of everything for you. Bam, (laughs) bam. Um, How about Twitter? Twitter hack, Twitter tip. It's not necessarily a hack, but something I really like um, doing is if you're having an event, is to send emails with kind of a live Twitter stream. So there is instructions on this online because that's how I found out. We didn't actually Google this or invent this. We didn't invent it. I Googled it. Um, it's really cool. So what you can do is you can create your own hashtag, right? Because you just write, you know, hashtag BAMF at WeAreTechLA. And then when people post, you can send out, you can send out an email with those, with those posts. That is my favorite Twitter hack. It's not necessarily a Twitter hack. It's more of an email hack. Yeah. But it has to do with Twitter. So I'll let it slide. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Okay. I feel like. This conversation has been rad, but I feel like listeners can't can't exactly I don't I don't feel like they'd feel an air of confidence just going out and doing it on their own. So how down would the BAMF team be on a day? I'm not sure what date, but sometime in like the next few months to do like mentor hours for like an hour at We Are Late Tech and anybody that wants to come like a Q&A or something like that. Super down. 100% sold. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So if you felt like, okay, this stuff sounds really cool, but I have no fucking idea. Like We Are LA Talk will work to co-create a rad experience with BAMF team so we could have some sort of mentorship experience for an hour, maybe two hours. We don't want to take advantage of their time too much, just a little bit and uh, and really like put stuff into action because I think I really, I've been, like I said, a part of the BAMF group for a while, and I really love the sincerity behind it, but I just have a lot of compassion for someone that's not technical, that doesn't know, you know, about, you know, the Facebook ID links or about the, you know, about most of, some people don't even know about Lincoln Bio. I know, I didn't know about Lincoln Bio at one point on Instagram. Like, I had to learn that term. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember where I learned to put my LinkedIn in my Twitter bio but i'm sure for a really long time i didn't have that there and then when i learned about it i'm like yeah that's way smarter because people are going to click on that and then i can go and see who looked at my profile and then i could form relationships with them and so that's how my twitter becomes useful into creating relationships nice (laughs) and i would like i really really recommend like what you did in the beginning is join the bamf group because josh really puts all of his wisdom in there, right? Houston always has a heart attack. He's like, you can't let people know that. And Josh is like, no, we got to let them know. (laughs) And he really puts the newest stuff out there. And I I can barely keep up reading his stuff. And every time I read his stuff, I'm like, dude, you sit across from me. How how did I not know this? (laughs) A couple LA Tech specific questions. One, what's an LA Tech talent or company you've come across lately who has really impressed you? I'm Tenzo T. Oh, what's that? T. T E N Z O. Yeah. Um. So I stopped drinking coffee a few years ago and yeah. switched to green tea, which yeah. has been great, yeah. but it doesn't have a lot of caffeine. Yeah. And I discovered matcha tea. Yeah. Um. A few months ago yeah. through these Tenzo guys, uh, and am a hundred percent sold. I cannot drink anything else. Um. It basically gives you all the caffeine you need without any jitters. Um. Any like bad side effects. I can sleep. Like when I want to go to sleep. Rad. If I want to. Drink some before I go to the gym. I feel great right after. That's awesome. Um, so I feel like in terms of like matcha tea, yeah. which is like this new kind of yeah. superfood. Yeah. Um, especially some like theirs that's imported directly from Japan. It's really helped me stay productive. And since we've kind of like brought it into the Banff office, like literally no one drinks coffee anymore. 
That's like our, so like our entire agency sort of powered by this amazing tea. Where, where are they based in L.A.? Um, they're based in West L.A. In West L.A.? Yeah. Rad. And we'll include it in the show notes so you guys can check them out. How about you, Melanie? What's a L.A. tech talent or company you've come across lately? It's actually really funny because it's not a very techie company. I would say it's the exact opposite. Um, it's called the Vibrant Body Company. So we used to work with them. It's run by a guy named Michael. He's like in his late 50s, probably early 60s. Yeah. And they basically revolutionized the female bra. So if there's a lady out there who does not like wearing a bra, I have one of their bras. I usually like wearing bras. I really like wearing this bra. It's totally patented patented technology. And it's really cool. I really like this company for one reason. They're not techie at all, but they're very mission driven. Yeah. And their mission is like goes above all else. They went completely viral for through a mistake, actually, and had like the opportunity to rake in tons of money. But because their mission came first, they kind of passed on that. And it's a really long story. Their mission is breast health and breast health education. So um, Michael lost someone very close to him to breast cancer, actually, and basically learned about the human body and about how breasts are very sensitive and how there's a lot of harmful toxins in in bras, especially in the U.S. So there's like 30 toxins in the U.S. that are in bras that are not allowed to be in in clothing in Canada or Europe. Um, and it's a really cool company because it's it's not techie at all. And sometimes I miss that, but it's very mission-driven. And I think that's very millennial, actually. <laughs> what it, what What's the name of the company again? The Vibrant Body Company. Cool. They're actually here on Abbott Kinney. Rad in Venice. So we'll include that in the show notes, too. And what's an L.A. tech event that is a, just a must-attend? I want to say it was about like a month ago I went to the Out in Tech event. Out um, in Tech? What's that? Um, so it's for LGBT like cool. people in tech, but it's open to anyone. Yeah. And they had this huge event over at the Google campus over in Santa Monica that had, I think, 600 people attend. It was crazy. And, Rad. Um, they always have amazing panels. They have a lot of like very good um, like resources and they are actively looking to expand into the Silicon Beach community. Yeah. A lot of the people that attend work in like a technical role at Disney or at Netflix or kind of big companies and they're trying to expand their footprint in Silicon Beach. So like you should definitely check out Out in Tech. Um, they have um, a great email list with a lot of content they send out and they're trying to plan events each month. And we'll, we'll include it on the We Are Tech mobile app. We have the We Are Tech mobile app, wearelatech.com slash APP, where you can see every single event from every LA Tech event organizer. So I don't think I've seen that one. So Carl... Same teammate who put stuff in the show notes ha- handles our calendar, Perfect. so he'll make sure to put that in the calendar as well. Um, how can people connect with you guys, both of you? LinkedIn, Facebook. Ha- can yeah. you spell your name for everybody and your social handles? Yeah. Uh, my name is Melanie Balke, M-E-L-A-N-I-E space B-A-L-K-E. That's how you find me on LinkedIn. I have a very proper picture. You will recognize me right away. It's a weird German girl. Um, and then on Twitter, I don't really use Twitter, so let's not <laughs> let's not talk about Twitter. Brian? I'm pretty much entirely on LinkedIn. It's actually my favorite social media platform because I'm a nerd. Um, I love LinkedIn too, actually. It's yeah. really fun. There's yeah. like a lot of great content you can find there. <laughs> um, I'm Brian Alston, and my name is spelled B-R-Y-A-N. Um, and my last name is Alston, A-L-S-T as in train, O-N. Rad. 
Well, thank you so much for hanging out on the We Are LA Tech podcast. I'm excited to do this Mentor Hours. If you guys want to be part of the Mentor Hours, make sure to tweet at We Are LA Tech or Facebook or Instagram at We Are LA Tech. We'll make sure to make that happen in the upcoming months. I will see you guys, hear you guys, talk to you guys in the next episode. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the Los Angeles tech community, be sure to go to wearelatech.com slash VIP. That's wearelatech.com slash VIP. Bye. Bye. Yes, you can now get your We Are LA Tech tea. You've all been asking for it. Just go to wearelatech.com slash shop to be a part of the movement to make Los Angeles the top city in the world for tech. Yes, we are number three. Let's get it to number one. wearelatech.com slash shop. Represent. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.